You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games. Don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Welcome back to the Concession Stand. This is episode number 46. I am your host, Nick Howell. Sitting across from me, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Let's crack a beer and get right into it. Mm. Hey, speaking of it, let's talk about it. Okay. The movie It. All right. It just came, it just came out, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a funny anomaly that goes into it that we'll talk about here in a few minutes, but I wanted to go down some numbers first. All right. Because this is important, and it leads to our discussion that we're going to have here in a little bit. Did you know that there was a budget of only $35 million for this film? I did read that, yes. Did you know that as of this past Friday, it officially surpassed $230 million domestic? Sounds like a profit to me. And as of this recording, its current worldwide gross is just shy of half a billion dollars. So today is September 25th. Yeah. The movie has been out for... Uh, Two and a half weeks? 17 days. Yeah. 17 days. This makes it the highest grossing R-rated horror film domestically ever. And that's, is, is this one of those things that like we're like, oh, it's the highest grossing movie that came out on a Tuesday that did this one? Like, remember how we, we the, 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 they were always spitting these things right. in, the, in the news stories for the, the clickbait? Press releases. Yeah. It's the highest grossing movie that did that one thing that, yeah. But this is different. This is kind of a big deal. Are you, if you're a fan of The Exorcist, if you're a fan of The Thing, if you're a fan of all of these famous, super high grossing horror films. As we know, I'm a reluctant fan of these things, and I've seen the ones you're talking about. But go I, ahead, not, go ahead, go ahead. Our, go our ahead. friend Sir Ian Dangerous is not, and he will appreciate this. But all of those films have now been surpassed as R-rated horror films by It. It's amazing. Yes. It's amazing when you really think about that. Uh, and not only that, it's also now the second highest grossing supernatural film behind sixth sense okay which you could question whether that's a horror film or a supernatural it's it's scary it's a scary sure, film sure, right? sure i see dead people <laughs> that's that that role was kind of scary jesus Come on, man. <laughs> all that said uh the exorcist if you look at it back then 40 plus years ago made what's about 230 million as well correct right? which this is now surpassed yeah but that was 40 plus years ago if you correct that for inflation that would be an equivalent 900 and what 17 million dollars oh my goodness so wow. a billion dollars in the same time period right for the exorcist uh the the irony of this though is that there were no real stars in this thing there, no. were, there was no weight behind it. It wasn't some big-name director. You couldn't market it to anything other than the fact that there was a clown holding a red balloon. What made this movie do this well, in your opinion? Well, let me, full disclosure, Yeah, you know me well enough to know, and <laughs> listeners, you know me well enough to know, I don't go out of my way to watch horror movies. Especially just, ones with clowns in it. Especially ones with clowns in it. Yes, absolutely. I have seen... I remember watching the miniseries It yep. back in the day when that came out and being absolutely terrified yep. by this. And I still have like visions of Tim Curry doing the Tim Curry thing and they'll all float down here. Again, I because of work and because of a number of things, I have not gone out to see this movie. Not that I've gone out of my way to do it, but uh, yeah, I, 
it's it, it goes like you said it goes against everything that we've been talking about on this show about well it's a reboot we, reboot city we don't want to reboots of this oh it's a movie in the summer that's like eh, right but here we are yeah don't touch our cult classics leave them alone exactly. stop rebooting our shit but it happened and it worked and it goes against all the hype stuff that we've talked about and the summer movie season like nobody's going to the movies anymore oh yeah we're gonna do a thing that you said or that we said is not going to work, but it does work. And all we're going to do is just say, hey, look, here's a couple of really good trailers. Here's a red balloon, and here's that property you know. Here's that Stephen King guy. We'll drop that name in there, too. And maybe people were just waiting for this. Maybe after all these movies that came out in the summer, boom, bang, boom, comic books, and here's this, and Transformers, and and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and now suddenly it's like, you want to be scared? Here you go. Well, to one little quick correction, I did say that there was no weight behind this, and you did bring up a good point. It's a Stephen King yes. epic story. Yes. So I read this book in my teenage, my formative years, my teenage years, <laughs> uh, twice. And if, you, if you've read it before, you know that it's a 1,200-page tome of, 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 history, of horror lore. Plenty of bathroom sittings to get through this oh, one. It is a long read, and it's, it's basically broken down into two major storylines uh, because the basis, spoiler alert... The basis behind it is that Pennywise comes every 27 years to Derry to feast on the souls of the children or whatever it is, right? Sure. So the first first is when they're kids, and then the second chapter edition, what a section, whatever, is 27 years later when they're adults. Which we saw in the miniseries. You saw it in the miniseries if you've seen that. Now, at the end of it, uh, the film from the, uh, the few weeks ago, there is a little thing that they didn't mark it at all, but at the before they roll the credits, they say chapter two coming soon. So we now know that there's going to be a sequel. Uh, we do now know that they... So in, the, in this film that we have now, they did not cover any of the bits with them as adults. Which I was surprised to hear, because again, I haven't seen it, and I stayed away from all the marketing. I just assumed this was a two-hour thing that, did, that covered all the stuff that we saw in the miniseries and in the book, and I wondered to myself, how are they going to pull that off? But... I was pleasantly surprised that they did not cram all of that into two hours. Great. Um, I'm very, very happy that they're doing two separate films for this. I think it's worthy of that. And especially now after seeing it, it was, it's, it was fantastic. A very, very solid film. There is very little that you can just nitpick about it, but uh, the, the kids were fantastic, uh, especially the, uh, the lead female. She was fantastic in it. Uh, you had the kid from Stranger Things. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, who was kind of the dominant one of the friendship group. He was also in this. Uh, and, and of course, Skarsgård playing Pennywise. I was going to say, because the movie is going to live or die with whoever plays the clown. Pennywise, it, right? It, it lives. Yeah. Literally. Okay. Uh, it, he, is, he is fantastic. There was this weird, funny thing. If you've seen it, it, if you've seen it, that's going to be hard not to do that every time. Right. There is a bit that he does where when he's talking, there is a constant stream of drool coming out of his bottom lip. And fun backstory for you. Uh, when he was doing the first run-throughs of the parts and discovering the role, discovering the character, that happened accidentally because of that weird smile that he was making, and he just never closed his mouth. And, and the drool just started running as he was running his lines of dialogue, and he kept stopping and wiping it and, and having to restart. And the director said, stop. Just keep going. Just let huh. it go. Huh. So there was this whole thing. The whole time he's talking in any of his lines of dialogue, there's just a stream of drool running down uh, out of his bottom lip. And it is creepy. <laughs> like, I can't even... 
Oh my God! Just that was the one thing that really stood out to me as the genuine genuine creep factor uh, of his performance. So you're doing nothing to make me want to go see this movie as Good. a person who is scared of not only scary movies but clowns as well. Yes, especially but germ, I, but germy I, clowns. But I want to ask you this: so at the time when the it re, or the it ABC miniseries that I saw as a kid yeah. or high school or whatever you want to call 92, it, ninety two, sure, yeah. some twenty five years ago, right? When I saw that, there was you knew that Tim Curry was Pennywise. But in this, it's one of the Skarsgårds that's playing uh, Pennywise in this. Does it help that it's a, an actor that that you don't necessarily know? It's not a big name. Does that help in the fact to make him even more creepy so you're not thinking like, oh, that's Tim Curry as Pennywise or, oh, that's uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, yep. is, is there that part of it that makes it even extra creepy or no? Well, as as a film buff... If you want to say that, you're not instantly comparing the performance to their other performances. So unless you've seen the other couple of other things that uh, this Skarsgård has done, been in, Skarsgård, his, his his father is well known Stellan Skarsgård, who I refer to as villain Skarsgård, <laughs> because as soon as he shows up in a movie, he's immediate. You know, he's the the bad elder Skarsgård. <laughs> uh, was he a wizard now? Sure. Uh, and then his his uh, older son. Uh, Pennywise's brother was from True Blood. Yeah, had a long run on that show. So this is yet another Skarsgård who's coming up through the family. As is going this this role is going to get him all kinds of other roles because he absolutely nailed it. And you make a really good point that I I had no basis on what to compare or what to expect from him as an actor, having not seen any of his previous work. And I think that really does play into it. That's a good point. And the other thing that you have to have in a movie like this, and again, I haven't seen it. I'm just asking you questions as somebody who yeah. did see it. The performances of the kids have to help with this too. So you have to have you have to have crazy, creepy clown, and you can accomplish all of that through camera trickery and like cool like jump moments and dropping frames or whatever. But the kids, you have to buy the fact that the kids are terrified as well. So does that happen as well? Absolutely. Um, there was a lot of you know camera trickery, parallax effects, uh, things like that. But a lot of it was just there wasn't a lot of jump scares. Okay. There wasn't a lot of cheap scares, is the way I'll say that. Jump scares have become kind of an expected thing. Especially in the trailers. But there was more genuine creepiness and okay. eerie dread kind of feeling than there was just boo. Right. That's right? stuff that makes your skin crawl. Where right. you see it and you're like, I don't know about there that. There was this one scene. So the whole thing is based around a well that's yep, in an yeah, old yeah. house, yeah. Yep, right? Yep. If you remember the miniseries. Yeah. And there was this one scene where the kids first venture into the house and all you see is like a shoulder up shot and his hands on the edge of the well and he just kind of slithers down into the well. And I felt my skin crawl. You did, and you like this for stuff. The, you the, like this stuff. And I had that big cheesy grin on my face because I love this shit. But when he slid down into the well like that, I just went, oh! And it was a still shot. All you saw was that the only thing moving was him sliding down into the well. You're and not- it was such a gray shot and the only thing in color was him it was so well done. You are going to have to strap me down in a chair like Clockwork Orange style to make me watch this movie <laughs> at this point. I mean, come on. As long as I don't have to sing Singing in the Rain. So. All right, fine. This movie was fantastic. If you guys not have not seen it yet, not seen it yet, uh, this is fantastic. This is probably going to get my vote maybe second to Spider-Man for movie of the summer really it is that good and i guess we can consider it summer because september yeah. 8th we're on the tail end of it because we're not quite in the fall movie or maybe it kicks off the fall movie we just season. had the first day of fall like yes monday yeah. yesterday right? yeah, yeah or sundays i think 
So now everybody's going to have pumpkin spice everything, and the girls are putting the Uggs on and scarves, even here in L.A. when it's 70-plus degrees, <laughs> which makes no sense. <laughs> Ladies, I don't understand. So explain it to me, please. So here's what I really want to get back into. Yes. We have spent the better part of the last couple of months that we've been doing this show before even the summer movie season even started about hype 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 don't believe the hype they're throwing all these things at you and you're you know and 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 then for in most cases if you take pirates if you take baywatch if you take all these established properties chips whatever it is transformers uh nobody went and saw these in the movie theaters and maybe it was because they're up against all these other giant movies but it i think was just out and it stood against nothing that's fair. Is that what happened? I mean, like that that's what we're talking about here. What is it that made them catch lightning in a bottle that goes against, we don't need another reboot. We don't need another uh, big summer movie. It wasn't a big summer movie. Like it came at the right time and there was enough of a lull. I'm, I'm asking, was yeah. there enough of a lull between, um, I guess the, the last big two movies that I can think of would have been Atomic Blonde in late July. Dark Tower came out in early uh uh, August, which yeah, is another, but another, that a big but one. another Stephen King movie, a yeah. reboot thing, and that didn't work. No, what is it about this that makes it work? Well, it, for, well, to speak on Dark Tower for a minute, as a reader of that, it was it was marketed terribly. I love the trailer. The trailer, I the trailer, trailer. If you look at them objectively, are fine as movie trailers, but you're trying to draw in an audience for people, especially people, maybe fanboys of the Dark Tower or even Stephen King's work. And when you present me the Dark Tower. Not the sequel to some other follow-up of what was the Dark Tower series. Yeah, that has a little bit of the gunslinger and the Man in Black story lore that can that's conti- It wasn't the Dark Tower series. So it's a two. It, okay, so Dark Tower is a big arching or like a big arc and a big sort of thing that you need to yeah. maybe know something about. Whereas sure. all you have to do in a marketing campaign for it is say, "Look, creepy clown," which is enough for me (laughs) to be like, I'm scared and a red balloon. And it's kind of a property that you knew about. Right. And now don't you want to see it? I mean, what's the the, the way that they marketed this film? It was very old school. Very simple. They leaked, they, they leaked a picture of him in the full makeup almost a year ago. If I remember right. Yep. And then we didn't hear anything for six or eight months. And then we got trailer one or a teaser, right, of some sort. And it was enough to creep and, me out. And then people made a cat in the hat rendition of it, and it was <laughs> yeah. that was even more terrifying. <laughs> that, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, and then we got trailer two. Yeah. And we got we all float down here and Georgie and see a little bit more of him. Yeah. And you're like, ooh. And that was it. Yeah. It. And then we had to go see it. That was very cookie cutter, old school, eighties, nineties, uh, film marketing, right? There was none of this crazy extra social media campaigns going on and just hype, right? All of this manufactured hype. It was very, very old school cookie cutter. Drip feed in a way. Drip feed is here's, a great here's way like, Here's a little bit. Here's a little bit. Here's a little bit. Just to, just in time for you to forget about it and go, oh, there's yeah. that red balloon again. <gasps> right. <laughs> so, okay, here's another thing. So yeah. um, if you think about, like we said, from, from Logan in March to now, if we take that entire summer movie season. God. Right, There's a lot of movies in there. Yes, but a lot of them weren't horror movies. But you also uh, like I immediately think of another movie that was a horror movie that was a low budget thing that got a big you know following, and that's Get Out. Now that's an, a new property, right? Sure. Yeah. And and there there was a big push for Annabelle that came out a couple of weeks ago. So are, are we in a are we in a a a time now where enough of the big explosion movies and the comic book movies and like are we are we seeing a trend to maybe like we want to be scared again? 
Maybe. Because remember, like there was the Blair Witch thing and the and the, the Ring and the Conjuring and all of those and the Paranormal Activities and all those movies came out for a while. And you could kind of bank on at least one of those coming out around the Halloween time. This is not Halloween time. This is two months before Halloween. Yeah. Is Are we in a time where people just want something different? They want to be scared. I think it was really well-timed. One, it gives you a month to get it out there, and then you're going to lead into the Halloween season and get a resurgence for it. And then after the two weeks after Halloween, before you get to Thanksgiving, you're going to have people still going. This past weekend, it's third weekend, it still made another $30 million. Yeah, and it was dethroned by Kingsman 2. But, Fair enough. But still, Fair but still that was a big but giant another $30 million, million sure. for an R-rated horror film. That cost on only thirty five. Let's on not forget 30, that on its third weekend. Yeah. So a lot of these anomalies, when you're thinking about it from the film business perspective, this is an anomaly. This isn't. This doesn't make sense. This isn't supposed to happen. Um, I think you said it right. It caught lightning in a bottle. I think the timing was perfect. All of the big block. Everybody was blockbuster fatigued throughout the year already. Between May, June, July, we had seen all the tent poles and comic book movies, and this was something that was. <gasps> I remember Pennywise, but I don't really remember the story. Maybe this is going to be a fresh take. Okay, it's old enough to where we may not have may not remember all of the details of it. And yeah, we kind of want to be scared because it's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year, which is Halloween, you, folks, you, not Christmas. For you, no, the Christmas is for me. <laughs> you know, I like I like everything Christmas. Um, okay, so the the other thing is uh, we we touched on it earlier was the fact that okay, the studios are marketing. I don't want to call it an it universe, but they've kind of done it. So we've 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 said here's the first half with the kids, and again I haven't seen it. Here's the first half with the kids, right. the adults going back and seeing the 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 Pennywise thing again and, and battling him 27 years later in their lifetimes when Pennywise comes back. Right. That's they were smart enough to be like, let's just see if this works, and it obviously did. And they've already said sequels coming in 2019, yep. and I'm hoping that's the the adult version of what you know has happened oh, absolutely. up to that point. And it to has be. to be. Yep. So is that it? But <laughs> is that it yeah, but you, know, you see what i'm getting at so then you've got the the it duology it it pair of movies and then what but i think the pennywise character actually drops into other stephen king books uh, i've it, read it, that somewhere it, it does and then the man in black is the more prominent one that is more known throughout the stephen king lore of all of his books uh so he drops in i believe in needful things uh, he's portrayed differently, but it's all the devil. It's right. really it's different portrayers of the devil. But across the Stephen King universe, it's the Man in Black. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I have heard that as well. I don't know that for a fact. So yeah. I, so listeners, here, listeners guys. who yeah. are huge Stephen King fans, let us know yeah, if absolutely. this is what's happening. But but what I'm getting at is, are, are we are we are we quietly creating? Even though Dark Tower didn't do very well, are we quietly creating a Stephen King universe now back in the cinemas? Yeah. And and we had we had our we had our pet cemeteries in Salem's Lot and Christine as kids when we were kids. But now now that this whole universe thing has been happening, you know, here's the is that what's happening? Is it? I is don't it, know. And I and J.J. Abrams has that other Stephen King thing that's coming with like all the different things talking to each other potentially you know what on I'm Hulu. Scared of it? <laughs> I'm I am. scared that somebody's going to touch The Shining. Oh, that that, that's that's in the top three all time best horror films for me. So I that's don't want my favorite, anybody I don't like horror movies, but that is the top for me it's it doesn't beat the thing or arguably aliens for me but the shining is up there for for me is i don't want anybody to touch that one yeah it's, it is a perfect film that's like jaws don't yeah. remake jaws don't remake the shining don't remake psycho oh wait they did oops you know that they did, kind, of they did kind of almost remake jaws with blake lively and it was horrible deep blue sea just no the one where she was surfing <laughs> kidding, and got kidding, stuck kidding, on a rock and just like oh my god jaws uh, okay okay well 
Anyway, Stephen, I would love a Stephen King universe. I think if you look at Salem's Lot, they tried to do Carrie. Um, I think there's needful things could do with a reboot because the first one was a little too campy um, in the in the 90s. I, I, Ed Harris, even though he did a great performance in that film, I just, they didn't tell the whole story. I remember the Needful Things trailer being really good because it had the dun 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 yeah. I don't even remember what that piece of music is it's called. It's basically just people screwing each other over for their own benefit. Right. It's a genie in a bottle devil story. I remember story, that right? trailer being really good. And of course it never saw it because I don't like scary movies. Right. Well, it's not that scary. It wouldn't be for me now. No. But it would be scary for me now. And, and my brother had said that uh, he went back and watched the It miniseries mm-hmm. just before this came out and he hasn't seen that yet either. And he was like, it didn't really bug me. I wasn't really that scared by it. And I was like, okay, well, fine. But I would like to go see that again, maybe just to sort of preface, you know, or to to sort of uh, prime myself to go see this this it thing. And I'm going to tell you the, the honest truth. Yep. I will not see this in a theater. I don't know if I can take that. But will if, you watch it with me? Yeah, sure. I'll okay. watch it with you in the comfort of a couch where I can close my eyes and go hide in the bathroom or whatever. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that as a 41 year old. I will not hold you. I don't expect. That. I will not console you. That's fine. I will hide behind the chair and jump out at you. So that's the thing. I mean, the thing. It's a different horror movie, but Wait. but I guess what we're saying is, well, I guess what we're saying is, this has been quite the anomaly. Like you said, yeah. this has been really cool that that horror movies that it is back, and there you go. It's just kind of cool that this is all happening right now. It's not a five star film, but it's a four star film, and it is very solid. And you should absolutely go see it. Uh, you won't hear me say, especially that you need to go see this film in the theaters. But I went to see it at the Chinese here in Los Angeles, uh-huh. lucky on the big laser IMAX. Sure. Fantastic. And the it, yes, it's two hours and 15 minutes, but it doesn't feel that long. It's, it feels like a quick 90-minute film because the pace is, is excellent. Fantastic job acting, fantastic job filmmaking, shooting. Everything is, is, is fantastic. Just go see it if you can, if you can find it in the theater, uh, or if not on digital when it comes out. The soundtrack is, is great. The sound design and everything about it, the effects all fantastic. So I don't have really have anything to critique about this film. All right, so there you have it. It. Uh, Nick, what was your week like other than going to see It? Well, I didn't see It this week. I was waiting. We were, we were holding on to this topic to yeah. see if I could drag you to the theater and to make you see it before we talked about I'm it. I'm going to say I've been way too busy, which is actually true, but the next week I'm not going to have an excuse. So yeah. Yeah. We, will, we will definitely see it in one way, shape, or form next week. Um, I've mostly been working on the network. We've uh, brought on our 10th show. So hello to the 4-1-owned gaming podcast, guys. Uh, welcome to the Orbital Jigsaw Network. The other big thing is we launched our merchandise store. So the yeah. Orbital Jigsaw merch store. So you guys can get t-shirts and hoodies or coffee mugs and uh, stickers. There's even notebooks and phone cases. Yeah. Anything you could think of. All of the shows uh, on the network are represented, and most of them have several designs that you can choose from. So check that out. Support your favorite shows. Wear some of their swag. Represent the network. You can even buy a sticker with our Orbital Jigsaw Puzzle Piece logo on cool. there if you like. So I think those are two bucks. So definitely go check that out. There's You can just click on the link on orbitaljigsaw.com that says store, and it'll take you straight to there. As far as things that I've watched... um, my friend Chris and I sat down to watch Universal Soldier because we wanted an old throwback movie. Nice, nice. And we got about 10 minutes into it, and I was like, you know what I want to watch? I want to watch Platoon. Oh, I haven't wow. seen that That's anywhere. Quite a, and I, quite <laughs> I haven't a seen left that turn. in a long time. Quite right? a left turn. So instead of the fun, lighthearted kind of Universal <laughs> Soldier where Dolph Lundgren cuts people's ears off and hangs them around his neck, traitors, <laughs> we decided to watch the family fun movie called Platoon. Yes. 
it's 30 uh, years old this it year. Is I believe still it came out in 87. It's effed up and depressing as it was 30 years ago, but man, is it a good film. Oh, wow. It is. It is. It still holds up. It is fantastic. It's still one of my favorite Vietnam films, probably second only to Full Metal Jacket. Okay. Um, I, I think it's. It's still good, and yes, young Charlie Sheen was a fantastic actor. So it, you had uh, Willem Dafoe, Tom Berenger, all of the early 80s greats, and even some of the guys that grew later. Johnny Depp was even in that film, yep. if you remember that. So I had completely forgot about it. So Platoon was my old throwback that I went and watched this week. Interesting. What about you, Andy? What have I, you been up to? I would never have expected you to say I watched Platoon this week. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to get back to that 410 Gaming uh, podcast. I, yeah. I, we are both big gamers, and we don't talk about video games that much on this show anymore. We leave it to those guys. And here's the thing: I I'm, I love listening to that show and just hearing their takes on stuff that you know we didn't get a chance to really talk about at length. And and hearing them talk about it, I've really enjoyed it. I'll say that because I've been in the car a lot. I've been driving an hour to and from work for the last three weeks, six days a week, working 12 to 14 hour days on this awesome NBC show that's going to be on in January with a couple of really big comedy greats that you're going to, I'll be able to tell you about it soon. Um, I've been having one day off a week Sundays and I just want to spend as much time as I can with the family. We wrap it in two days and then I'm going to get back to being old me and watching as much stuff, including Star Trek Discovery, which hit last night. I can't wait to see that and see where that goes. You're not going to play. You're not going to watch any of that stuff. You're just going to be playing Destiny. The true, whole time. true. But I do want to check out Star <laughs> Trek Discovery. Like all of the DC shows are going to start back up on CW networks. I'm going to watch Arrow and Flash and all that stuff. That's all coming. The Orville started up. Yeah. Yeah. The we Orville. Got that to watch. Yeah. And apparently that's either good or not good. We'll, we'll check that out and we'll let you know what we think yeah. but i did get some time last night to go to the staples center and i went to a wwe pay-per-view with my daughter who's eight and she's into wrestling so it was this really cool thing where she got to see the big stars uh you know in person real close to the ring and we got this really great experience which of course you're going to talk about on the busted wide open yes. podcast but uh that was my my half of my day off was spent at the Staples Center doing that. Yeah, we actually ran into each other down there at Staples Center. Sure uh, I was uh, down there pimping and promoting the uh, Busted Wide Open podcast, working the lines, yeah. handing out cards, doing a little guerrilla marketing. Uh, actually ran into a fan. which that's was awesome. Uh, which was, if that's not the coolest feeling ever, to see them, yeah, I'll listen to Busted Hey, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm Daryl. Hi, Daryl. <laughs> awesome. Holy smokes. And it's, you know, talking about the last. So, yeah, if, if you guys are podcasters, you get a chance to interact with all your fans in person. It is primary number one, the most important thing out there and the coolest feeling ever to, to do that. So, yeah, I didn't get to go into Staples to watch the pay-per-view, but we are absolutely going to break all of that stuff down tomorrow and it will be out tomorrow night or Wednesday. So be sure if you like wrestling and you like you're some of the old listeners that like some of the wrestling stuff we used to do, make sure you're subscribed to the Busted Wide Open podcast with me and Sir Ian Dangerous. Can't wait to hear next week's show. One last thing about that. There was this really cool feeling of taking my eight-year-old daughter, by the way, and and usually it's it, it WWE is more of a, a boys thing, right. right? But my daughter is really into it because they've done so well with the with the female wrestlers, and and uh, just seeing her excited about it she knows it's not real but she loved the showmanship of it and and when when the bad guys would come out she'd boo them and cheer the good guys and like all of that like i was just watching like the eight-year-old version of myself but in girl form uh it was just this great like father like moment and i i that's all i'll say about it but you know you get it you know her it's, yeah. it was just so cool she's into all that stuff too she's playing destiny with you now apparently yeah, as yeah, well yeah. so I'm looking forward to doing some uh, some public events with her in the she's near future. Up. She's all grown up. Oh, God. But she's only eight. Not really grown up. 
Soon she's going to be like, we're I becoming, hate you, Dad. We're becoming for clips. Yeah. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. I will give you a topic. The Industrial Revolution was neither industrial nor a revolution. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed our review slash discussion of it. Uh, we wanted to go down and do some more quick hits on some of the top news, sort of mini discussion topics that happened throughout the rest of the, the last week or so that we've been talking. So, Andy, we wrapped up Game of Thrones. We had the... the finale. That happened. Yeah, that whole <laughs> Game of Thrones thing happened. Jesus Christ. Uh, D- Jon Snow had sex with his aunt. You know, G- G- spoiler alert. Anyway, so we wanted to talk about what's coming next. So we now know that Game of Thrones is going to film multiple endings in order to avoid leak spoilers. This is crazy. This is like, I guess when they like when Empire Strikes Back, when they shot the whole like Luke, I'm your father thing. Like yeah. David Prowse delivered like a bunch of different lines, and this is back in like 1980 when then nobody would have known. Like there was no internet, there was no whatever, but nobody on the set knew that he would say Luke, I'm your father because James Earl Jones is going to record all that later. Yeah. So I think it was like uh, I have a glass of Coca Cola. All right. <laughs> Great, you know, so, but yeah, they're going to go through uh, extra effort to fill multiple endings of the end of this show, just so we don't know which ending is going to be the ending, and apparently we won't know until it airs. I I, I get it that they're trying to avoid leaks on this, but at some point, somebody's going to have the final copy of it. All those hacker guys are going to be like, guess what happens? Everybody dies. Like, they'll probably, uh, whatever it's going to be. But the fact that they're going through the effort to do this, that's kind of cool, right? And then maybe we get like the DVD or the Blu-ray extras that say like, here's all the other, the other endings, like at the end of Clue, remember, they're like, here's how it could have happened. Yeah. You know, then we'll get all of that. I knew it was Colonel Mustard in the library with the candlestick. <laughs> with, the, with the dragon glass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, but that, that actually brings up another point that I just thought of. Yeah. They announced that uh, the, the Blu-rays of season seven are coming out sometime in December, right? But... All of us watch HBO Go, so all we watch is like the extras on the, uh, the HBO Go stuff of like, here's what they did when they shot this scene in season seven. But now they're making me want to buy the Blu-rays, which I do anyways, but still, they're making us want to buy the Blu-rays because there's an extra thing that's going to be added to this. There's an anime that's like a seven-part anime. Seven of them. Seven of them with the history. It's like a prequel thing about the Aegon Targaryen. What is it? It's like the Aegon Targaryen uh, like it's, story. It's, it says it, it charts Aegon's attempts to take over the seven kingdoms. And one of the exclusives are narrated by Littlefinger and Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Aiden Gillen and Nikolai uh, Kostar Waldo. Yeah, whatever. But that's cool. Yeah. So we do know now that production starts on the final chapter next month. Right. Uh, we we know that it's going to air, I believe, what, Think April 2019? Something like that. But it's 10 months of production all over the place, yeah. right? I'm sure the last month is all the different damn endings. Where they're now going to be on all seven continents. It's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's crazy. I can't even imagine being a part of that production. It's going to be it's got to be awesome. But still, uh, yeah, Game of Thrones. It's not over yet. Nope. We got a long way to go till we get there, though. So it's almost two years till we get another Game of Thrones episode. Don't say that. That makes me sad. <laughs> Hey, we don't have long before we get another James Bond movie. Apparently, that's going to happen. We talked about the fact that Daniel Craig is coming back to do another film that's going to yes. be released by Sony, right? Here's the thing about James Bond that's kind of interesting. We saw this. This is a news clip that I think hit uh, a couple weeks ago. So here's the thing. Uh, the distribution rights for the James Bond movies have always been through MGM Correct. slash Sony, right? Yep. So Spectre, Casino Royale, all those were like Sony properties. Apparently, the distribution rights are up for bidding again. 
for one film, not for like more James Bond movies. Right. And again, let's be clear on this. This is not the buying the James Bond property. Right. This is just buying the distribution for the next film, not the one that they're going to do. This is not Disney buying Lucasfilm. Correct. Yeah. Which would be interesting if some other whatever. Here's the thing. Warner Brothers is like one of the people that are really, you know, fighting for this. Right. But there's other entities that have stakes in this game. And do you know who they are? Unexpectedly, yes. Apple okay. and Amazon are bidding on this and the estimated price is two to five billion dollars just just to get the distribution rights for one film for one film what now wait not just two to two and a half billion two to five billion that's not like two dollars to five dollars five billion dollars billion to five billion to give you an example star wars the entire intellectual property of star wars lucasfilm was bought yes was bought by Disney for $4 billion. And then they just owned all of that. So what we're saying is these companies, Amazon or Apple, are going to pay that much money potentially to buy the distribution rights to one film? Why would they do it? Why would they After do it? After Spectre, which was a travesty of a film. Uh, Debatable. I, I don't, I, fine. That's a whole other podcast. Sure. Um, a, a huge James Bond fan. I know. It was crap. I know. Uh, Let's be clear. Wasn't die another day crap. No, it wasn't World of Tomorrow. World is not enough. One of those, crap. yeah, those things. Christmas Jones. <laughs> what? There's a bigger story here, though, Andy. With Apple and Amazon dipping their foot into this pond, this is. Are we officially moving away from the traditional movie studio oligarchy of the four or five major studios basically doing everything? Possibly from the making of the film to the production to the um, the marketing and the distribution of it. You know, uh, we've we've farmed so much of this stuff out now that it's been able to be bid on. Yeah. Uh, at this point by these the tech, tech companies, the tech giants. Yeah. What's stopping Google and Microsoft from getting involved in this? Nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I think Apple and Amazon are very hungry for tier one content to go onto their streaming platforms. I think Apple is on this crusade right now to just own everything entertainment uh in your pocket that's right? not owned by disney so what you're saying is true so essentially apple can say like hey do you want to watch james bond you have to get an iphone or an i or whatever it is some i device to do it if amazon buys them amazon is multi-platform multi right. everything you can watch it on your apple device because the amazon video thing is right there's a difference there so apple and amazon both have the money to pony up if they want to i mean apple's got how many billion dollars just Who sitting knows? in cash 600 billion or right something so like that they in theory they could outbid everybody i don't know where we're going with this but what i'm saying is it's just interesting to the fact that you could suddenly say apple is is owning james bond in a way i don't know if i would say owning cotton but i would say owning the distribution <laughs> rights to it F where a cotton F yeah. and a. <laughs> where you would have to have an apple tv or an iDevice to be able to watch the next james bond film that's scary to me because are would they then distribute it to other platforms digital streaming platforms would you only be able to watch it on itunes we're entering a whole new world oh boy that's that's kind of scary to me as both a tech guy and a massive consumer of of entertainment. So I I I think we're entering this like you said a whole new world of entertainment distribution where everything is going to be these tech giants now and the studios are just going to make movies and somebody else is going to 
distribute them, release them for you to watch. Consume. Maybe not necessarily in a theater, but then yeah. digitally because that's the way the world is going. Yeah, ask Netflix what they want to do. Exactly. Here's the other thing. We want to talk about some other intellectual properties on the, on the likes of James Bond that you might know about. So here's the other one. We talked about this in the last show. Uh, Halloween, the reboot, which don't do reboots, but the reboot thing just keeps getting all of these pieces of news. And it's like, ah, I kind of want to see it. David Gordon Green's directing and John Carpenter says, great script. I'm going to do the music. Here's the next one. Jamie Lee Curtis is back for the next Halloween movie. Uh, but didn't they kill her off in Halloween they, yeah, something? Yeah, killed off in Halloween 4? 4. Right. And then she came back for like H20 and like the H2O, other one. whatever I'm sure was. what it was. Yeah. Yeah, 20th anniversary whatever. reboot thing. And then there was another one after that, like the Curse of Michael Myers. Or, I don't remember. After the first two, they're garbage. So it, whatever. And that's heresy to some people. And if you like the Rob Zombie films, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. That said, <laughs> um, what we understand with Danny McBride and Carpenter, with Carpenter's blessing, who was the other guy? Donald uh, Green? David Gordon Green, David the director. Gordon Green. director. Uh, everything is going to be ignored after H2. H2 being Halloween 2. Halloween 2. Okay. Number, the original number one and number two. So they're going to pick it up from there. That's cool. And split off, I guess. But then Jamie Lee Curtis, like it'll, some be, it's, it has to be something in the future. She can't be Laurie Strode and then suddenly be you know, 40 years older. Yeah, but she'll still be alive in two. She wasn't, she wasn't killed until Halloween four. I know, but yeah. what I'm saying is if, if we're saying that all those movies don't exist, it has to be like, and 40 years later, this yeah. happens, right? I mean, seven years later. This I, is, I don't know. I don't even know what the premise of this one is. I don't know that they've revealed that yet. Um, in their writings, I know we know it has John Carpenter's blessing. That's really all we know. Does this make you want to see the Halloween reboot more or less? The fact that she's involved. Irrelevant. Honestly, to me, to me, it makes me more interested in it. Marketing wins, in my in my opinion. We also know that this is coming out around Halloween next year uh, in 2018. So I believe it's October 19th is the official launch release date of that's that Halloween movie. There's one more female character that's coming back to another established franchise. It was announced this week that Linda Hamilton will be in the next Terminator movie. Ooh, yes, yes. Okay. So, now you've have my so, so James got, Cameron. Yeah, you got old Laurie Strode. Yes. You've got old Sarah Connor, right? In some sort of reboot. Yeah, uh, old Arnold. You were about to talk about your favorite director there for a second. I uh, go ahead. Yes, uh, he's James Cameron, explorer of the deep. That's right. It's no secret James Cameron is my favorite director, but um, apparently he's going to be working with Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool. Yep. Uh, on this next treatment, whatever that is. Uh, what we do know is all we know at this point. Yes, Linda Hamilton's back. And we do know from a tweet or a statement by Arnold Schwarzenegger himself that it's going to completely ignore the Genesis storyline and it will not be called Terminator 6. Great. So, so that makes me wonder, does it just pick back up at the end of 3, Rise of the Machines? It's like this, it's like this uh, uh, adjusted canon. Like we've, we've done it now in Halloween. We're like, oh, remember the 3, 4, 5, 6? Those movies don't exist. Now it's, it's this. And then Terminator's like, uh, forget about Genesis. We could probably forget about the Christian Bale Terminator Salvation. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But it's like, okay, we've got the rights back. Here's this. And now there's no T-1000 in the movie. Yeah. There's, there's other things. Uh He's a guy who was super cool, you know, like whatever he would say, right? Uh, yeah, so another Terminator movie, not called Terminator 6. Cameron says we're going to make a potential trilogy of these movies because he gets the rights back. He's the producer. That's what we want, right? Yes. Because all the studios were saying like, yeah, we're going to keep making Terminator movies while we still own it. Just like we're going to keep making James Bond movies while we still own it. But Cameron's like, ha ha, I have all the money. It's my thing. I'm doing it. I'm getting the Deadpool guy. Get ready. Well, you know who didn't get all the money? <laughs> Uh, Defenders, oh. the new series, the new Marvel original series on Netflix, is apparently the least watched 
Marvel original series on Netflix. Does that surprise you at all? That I'm- surprises me very much. Um, but on the backside of that, after the string of bad that you had with Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, right? I- I'm not that surprised. Uh, and the dependencies, the built-in dependencies lore-wise that required you to watch and understand the lore of Iron Fist and even a little bit of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones uh, to be able to understand what was going on with Kun Lun and all of the 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 hand going on in Defenders. Yeah, I, it's going to divert people from watching it if they didn't watch the other stuff. So yeah, I get it. Is Did I expect it to be the least watch of all four or five of those? Hell no. I thought it would be one of the more popular ones right behind Daredevil. I thought so too because I it was to me it was a continuation of the Daredevil Daredevil character which everybody likes season 1 and right. season 2. So I was okay with like, eh, I'll watch a little bit of uh, Luke Cage and I'll watch a little bit of Jessica Jones. I really don't like him, but uh Oh my god. Okay, def- wait. Just, okay, you mentioned Daredevil season 2. We can't talk. I just F the defenders. What? I don't care anymore. What? Punisher trailers. Oh out. my god. Yeah, I oh forgot my about that. God. Wow. Wow. Uh this thing look look, okay. I'm, I'm going to calm down for a second. You can't calm down. This thing was I'm, awesome. I'm going to be calm for just a second, even while I'm shaking. <laughs> you know, you guys know how excited I was when John Bernthal showed up as Punisher because he was born to play that part. I think so. And his performance as Frank Castle, becoming eventually becoming the Punisher in Daredevil Season 2, was five-star, was top-notch. It's all I raved about in Daredevil Season 2. And then we got the announcement that there was going to be a Punisher standalone series. Yep. And I was doing the Homer Simpson spin on the floor on my side <laughs> for about two days. Then, then the trailer dropped this week or last week, you guys. And I think I've watched that thing 20 times. If you haven't watched the trailer. Like you haven't watched it until tonight. Yeah, hit pause. And, hit and I pause right now on the podcast. I was literally headbanging at the table. Yeah. Switch your phone or whatever over. Look at YouTube. Look up that trailer. It will blow your mind. The editing of that trailer that that might be one of my all time best trailer votes. Now it's up there for me is, for sure. I mean the 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 way that that was edited together, and you brought up something earlier that was interesting. We're seeing this as maybe a trend starting to happen now. Baby Driver was cut together a lot this way, but oh my god, they took one of the all time best metal songs, one by Metallica, <laughs> with that. Yeah, and it's all like clips are loaded in and machine gun oh. fire and everything is set to Metallica's uh, one. Oh, which. If there's two things that are going to get you, it's Punisher and Metallica. Done. <laughs> Sold. Take my money. I retire. There you go. And I'm the same way. One is my favorite Metallica song. It's one of those like it's one of those like I'm going to get ready to go play a hockey game or like it's one of those get you pumped up songs. So you combine that, you combine that with the Punisher, looks amazing. And I will say this right now. This week, to whoever, guy or girl or team of people that did this trailer, I give you folks the Stone Cold Salute! I said give me a hell yeah! Well, as much as I was geeking out over the Punisher trailer, I also want to give a special nod and honorable mention of a Stone Cold Salute Okay, to digital television, and especially ah. Hulu and the show Handmaid's Tale, who won the big Emmy for best was it best original series yes uh this dramatic week, series uh, last sure. week on the emmys or this past sunday on the emmys i should say so yes congratulations to handmaid's tale congratulations to hulu and congratulations to digital tv and cord cutting all together so i i think that is yet just another step in the transition towards going towards a digital tv that's broadband internet based that it's not cable boxes old throw if you watch john oliver on sunday he tore old cable boxes and conglomerate and monopolies apart. So 
good stuff there. I got to check that out. I'll tell you what. Uh, the, the, the game has changed, yes. period. The game has changed. There are new sheriffs in town. Look out. They are making quality television on anything but the major networks right now, except for the one I worked on. Because it's awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this new format that we're doing here, getting right into the content. We yeah. love doing it this way. Yeah. More time to talk about more stuff, and we love it that way. Um, be sure and check out orbitaljigsaw.com and all of the great shows like Dirty Bits, Is This Adulting, and the Super Nerds UK. Many, many more shows over there. Also, check out the new merchandise store that came online last week. We had our big official launch. As we add new designs, they immediately go on sale for the first three days. So cool. anytime you see new designs go up, you got a chance to get those at our super cheap Brock Bottom price right there. Uh, we're going to constantly be adding new stuff to that. You can always come and interact with us over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash official concession stand or just search for concession stand on Facebook and you'll find us. Look for the orange popcorn man, our kind of trademark logo there. Also on Twitter at concession stand or send us an email cs at orbital jigsaw dot com. We've also got a Patreon page now. You can find us patreon.com slash concession stand. If you guys want to support the show, maybe help us do some bonus episodes in the future. Things like some full length long form movie reviews of, of films that we go see. These are all ideas of things we want to add to the show going forward to expand on more than just the weekly show that we do right now. At the end of the day, we just want to interact with you too. Tell us what's working. Tell us what's not. Leave us a review. We want to hear from you. We want to interact. We want to get to know you because we're doing this for you. We like doing it, but we're doing it for you. Well, guys, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson 76 on Twitter. Send me a tweet. And we will see you guys next time. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.